Hello and welcome to Peace of Me, the podcast by Zalando. I'm Janine Matos, your host and Senior Program Manager for Partner Services here at Zalando. In each episode, I welcome an inspirational expert from Zalando to take a deep dive into our exciting and multifaceted industry and also share lots of practical tips and trends to help you on your own career and work journey. Each guest brings in three items as they reveal their motivations, stories, and what they've learned along the way. A piece that is close to their heart, one from their career, and one from their role at Zalando. Today I'm talking to Tino Naftali, Director of Engineering and Connected Network. Hello Tino, welcome to the podcast. I'm very happy to have you here today. How are you? Um, yeah, hello, first of all, I'm fine. I'm so glad you're here. I mean, you are also part of the B2B world at Zalando. So I'm really glad to have the engineering side of the B2B business unit, let's say, <laughs> and to hear actually what are the three pieces you brought in for us today? Yeah, so I brought um, with me three crazy things. And uh, this is, first of all, an eight-inch floppy disk. And the second one, it's a pyramid out of um, colored Lego bricks. And the third one is a sticker with a barcode. A sticker with a So that's going to be the ones connected to London. So I am really looking forward to the story also there. And of course, the Lego bricks and an eight-inch floppy disk. I think maybe for some of the listeners, I'm not even sure if they know what that is. So when we go into detail, you need to also explain it. <laughs> I do my very best. But of course, before we start talking about the pieces and the stories behind those three, please tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Zalando. Okay, yeah, I will do so. Um, let's start with myself. So I'm a father of four kids. Uh, it's uh, two daughters and two sons. Two of them um, already live their own lives. One is um, 25, the other one's 20. My 17 um, years old daughter stay with me. And uh, then I also have a seven years old son. The school just came into the school and... Uh, Together with my wife and um, our three-year-old uh, dog, we are living around about 30 kilometers east of Berlin in a village, in a very small village. At Zalando, as a director of engineering and connected network, I'm responsible for the so-called technical pillar in our department. This is out of engineers as well as uh, computer uh, appliance scientists. And one of my current challenges here is the, the growth, the method of growth we do have in technology. If you think back to 2021, we started with 17 engineers and two teams. And meanwhile, uh, right today, we are 90 um, people in this tech pillar, distributed over 17 teams, and we're still even growing here. My role, um, I'm responsible for shaping the technical future of the B2B department in Zalando. Uh, it's about identifying potentials and uh, deriving valuable solutions uh, from it. Another responsibility is to continuously question um, our existing solutions out there and yeah, to see how we could improve them and how we could make them more efficient even. I'm also looking into our teams. It's about um, identifying, developing our internal potentials and yeah, evaluating the performance of the whole structure and of all the engineers inside the structure. And yeah, in the end, it's about making the world a little bit better for all the, the teams. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, do you even have time to sleep? Uh, <laughs> I'm a computer scientist, so we never sleep. You already mentioned that you grew that team from 17 engineers to 90 already across 17 teams. Are they all based in Berlin or do you actually also have them in different hubs? I mean, Zalando has different hubs. In Dublin, we have in Helsinki and we just opened one in Stockholm. 
Yeah, indeed, we struggled a lot in uh, 22 to get um, this massive amount of people in um, our Berlin hub. And therefore, we discussed um, that we need a um, second tech hub here. And finally, we decided that we would have to open a new one to not compete with the with other departments, other business units of our company. And then we stopped in the discussion. Uh, we analyzed a lot of cities of Europe. And finally, then we focused on Scandinavian cities. And here, Stockholm was then the final decision. Um, there are several reasons for this. Um, first of all, overall, Scandinavian people are well experienced in last mile delivery, which is a quite important part of our fulfillment business um, for um, the customers of our partners. And the second one, they are also quite strong when it comes to finance payments uh, methods. So, so there are companies um, in, in Sweden which are taking care about this. And yeah, of course, also fashion. There's a well-known Swedish company in the fashion world. And this is why we decided to ramp up um, our tech up in Stockholm. It took a bit. It took half a year just for the organizational setup. And we plan to ramp up here four teams this year and to end up with a headcount of 25 to 27. So that depends. There are two roles we could either hire in Berlin as well as in Stockholm, because we also plan to establish a first head area, which is cross-site. So that means, as you mentioned, you're hiring. So there's openings on our Zalando Jobs website, if I am not mistaken. So everyone listening, we will look into exactly what Tino's team does and what it focuses. So if you're interested, go to jobs.zalando.de and see what openings are there and apply. And maybe we'll be having soon an interview with Tino. All you need is an eight-inch floppy disk device and um, color Lego bricks. This is everything you need at Zalando. I'm so looking forward to those stories. But as I already said, maybe you first would like to tell us what does your team do? What is the focus of your team? At Zalando, we do have something which is called B2C business, wholesale business. This is where Zalando owns the items and they got sold by the Zalando shop. Uh, there's also something that's called partner program, uh, which is about um, items that are not owned by Zalando and they are fulfilled by the partner, but they still uh, be sold by a Zalando shop. Then over the time, we established something that's called Zalando Fulfillment um, Solutions. This is um, shortened to ZFS. This is in the responsibility of connected network of our department. This means um, the goods are not owned by Zalando any longer. They are owned by the partner, but they are located in our own fulfillment center. And the customer is able to shop then in the Zalando shop. And in the last two years, we stepped into something on top, which is called multi-channel fulfillment business. This means the customer even shops the item on the non-Zalando shops. And the items still in our own fulfillment centers, and we still be responsible for the fulfillment process. This means connected network is more or less the connector between the partner and the customer of the partner and our internal Salando logistics operations process. This means that we are responsible for any kind of partner-facing interfaces here. It's also about um, self-services and reporting towards the partner. But on top, it's also about support the business growth of the partner itself. For example, by providing decision um, algorithms for the partner that allows to do a for proper forecasting uh, or that allows to um, do a proper item distribution across the Zalando network. And I really think it's an amazing step that Zalando is taking because it's also very sustainable. And it's great that we, though we are in a fashion industry, that we just work together and just make sure that actually we are not just overproducing and your team looking into the reporting and controlling, working together with those partners 
actually that Zalando is collaborating with normally on the market competitors, but working together to make it at least a little bit more sustainable, but each still has their own business. I think it's a really great step that Zalando is taking. Okay, so before we actually talk further about your career, what I would really like to start with is your first item, because I'm really interested in actually knowing the story behind your floppy disk. This is a quite old thing, so I'm very sure that most of the engineers in Zalando even never worked um, with, a, with a floppy disk. And this is even an older one, that's before the time of Commodore and Amiga, it's an 8-inch one. The story behind is quite simple, uh, it's about... The situation that I'm from a village and beside of wood and animals and not much things were out there. Um, when I was young, there was even two or three TV uh, channels only, and they are, were not focusing on teenagers or kids. It was more adults TV. There was a lot of spare time, and um, I had a lucky situation that from a um, former company, I was able to get an old computer. And... This was a Robotron computer, quite nice um, machine. It comes with a green screen. And there was this floppy disk drive of eight-inch floppy disks, and I got even four of them. It was a whole kilobyte. It was amazing. Um, at this time, I was very convinced that I will never be able to fill um, this four disks in my life. And now we know better. This is even not uh, fitting an SSH key on such a floppy disk. And yeah, this machine was pretty useless. So this was um, only showing this uh, prompt ready uh, with a um, crazy blinking cursor behind. And uh, there was no graphical operating system on this machine. And I started to, to program or to create smaller scripts on this machine. All of them were totally useless. There was no sense behind besides of heating the room. And um, this was my very first time I came into touch with a computer. And this is why I brought this floppy disk. So that's actually how your career kind of started into engineering. Yes, if it would have been in horse, then I would have had a different kind of job now. Yes. But it was a computer. I remember floppy disks from my childhood. I had a computer in an early age, and actually me and a friend, we would use those floppy disks. Instead of having like friends books where we're like sending like little letters or something, we would just exchange like letters and everything writing on those floppy disks and then I'll bring it to school and give it to her. So like no one could actually see what we've been writing to each other. Like <laughs> This is um, a way like um, engineers shared their software for a long time, sending a floppy disk from HB. Yeah. Do you know how what kind of motivation it is if you have a computer game which is distributed over 20 floppy disks? And then you have to load the game and you recognize on the 19th that this one is damaged. I know where I lost five years of my life trying to load this computer game. But then on the other hand, you had Lego bricks if you didn't have the floppy disk, which is your second item that you actually brought along. Yeah, that's even from my son. So I didn't have such Lego bricks um, when I was young, but um, I had that computer with the green screen. This was more important. Yeah, this is um, just to, it's a kind of symbol about my own professional, um, let's say, career. Um, because I started um, with a completely different thing than computers. Um, I was in a car destruction company or car recycling company. Uh, then it was followed by the classical one for school kids. Uh, it was McDonald's and making burgers and selling burgers or eating all the burgers all the time. Then I stepped into um, house construction um, and earned here the money I needed for my study. And then it was a bit about software consulting. It means uh, selling software to other people. And then the dot-com bubble started. And here, everybody that was able to switch on a computer was able to earn money. 
but this was the very first time I really started to develop software. And yeah, this is um, like like the call out Lego bricks, so a bit of everything. And this is only the first layer. And the second layer was when I started um, to study. Um, I studied on Humboldt Universität in Berlin. And even during this study, I was then fully employed in the administration of this university. They also had a lack of software engineers. And uh, this was a lucky situation that um, there was the opportunity to be full employed next to your studies at this time. After my studies at Humboldt Universität, I switched to Freie Universität, the second of the three big ones in Berlin. The intention was to uh, start with my PhD here. And after around about a year, then I fully switched um, to the computer science department. And uh, I was uh, teaching for databases and um, AI. Uh, unfortunately, I never were able to finalize my PhD. Um, I was founding a company, a spin-off during this time, uh, next to the research and uh, teaching efforts. And yeah, there was just no time left to also do the PhD. Potentially, this um, can come later on. So I did some research with this um, soccer-playing robot. It's quite important. It will change the world. And whenever they took over the ownership of the world, then I could also continue my PhD here. So hold on. You did research with soccer-playing robots? Yes, the small robots, robots that look like humans. It's quite interesting. There was even a um, world championship with this. And the trick we developed or we researched at this time was that I can stand up because uh, it was a phase where the team started to become unfair and they didn't really try to get the ball. Yeah, they just started to foul. So they, they run against the other robots. They were falling down and then they were knocked out because you were not allowed inside the game, not allowed to go there and stand them up again. And the trick at, um, at Freie Universität we did is we implemented something that they're able to stand up by themselves. But afterwards, we recognized it could also be um, used as a uh, tactic because now we trained the robots that they run against the other one. Both was falling down, but our one was able to stand up again. And this is how you win games. So that's actually how soccer games actually are with humans. You just made it with robots. It's quite close to the reality. Uh, so <laughs> The only thing that's still missing is a crying part. Uh, yeah, but this is easy to implement. This is something okay. we could implement easily. Yeah. Amazing. I can't wait. That would be a PhD I would really enjoy reading. <laughs> what is the top of the Lego bricks? Because you said the first and second layer. Do you have also a top layer then? The top layer, of course, is then um, after I um, ended with this um, university story in my life and I recognized that I will never become a professor, uh, then I switched to Reno's um, Home Delivery, which is a logistics company. And this was when I fell in love to, uh, to logistics. And logistics is um, a quite cool domain, but I recognize that you can really change the world. Very small changes will have a, immediately a huge impact. Unfortunately, into both directions. It means also smaller mistakes will end up with a huge financial impact in the worst case. At Reno's Home Delivery, I also get known with uh, Home24, which was a client of Reno's. And this was the very first time in my life when I got in contact with, uh, with this kind of unicorn. So the small fancy companies where you can do whatever you want and everything is chilled and cool. And then I thought myself, this is something I have to join. And um, a former colleague from university was already part at Zalando, connected me to Zalando, convinced me. And since 2013 now, I'm in. 2013. So you are one of the so-called Zalando dinosaurs. I heard about this... Um, the secret club of the people that are 10 years in. But yeah, who knows? It's a secret club. Who knows if it really exists? So if there is this club, 
I'm here for over 10 years. But I, I, I see you are not allowed to, to talk about. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my invitation. <laughs> uh, yeah, but indeed, this was a totally different company than, than today. Both had their advantages and disadvantages, but it was, uh, let's phrase it like this, it was different. It was different. It was also smaller. We had one office and so on, but it was a different world. By the way, just to make some marketing, this is something you can experience now in Stockholm because we start with a single office, a single floor in a single building. And before we take over the world, um, this is the only opportunity to be an early bird. To be part of a little startup feeling in Stockholm. So again, to everyone, jobs.talanda.de. <laughs> Go check out the openings. But then there is the final item, which you said is a sticker with a barcode. Please explain that sticker with a barcode. How does it look like? This is a quite small sticker, which is around about five, six centimeters. And this has a barcode, um, the string. And every item in our fulfillment center has such a barcode sticker. This is the unique identifier of an item. And if you see the sticker, the last three um, digits are printed bold and um, bigger than the other one. This allows our colleagues in the warehouses to find these items quite fast because uh, it's quite unlikely that two items are placed um, next to each other having the same last three digits. This is um, how, how it is used. And the reason why I brought this item is exactly as I explained. I'm, I'm in love with logistics. And this is the representative of logistics, a barcode that unifies an item. This is uh, the main reason why I brought this. And I even started my journey at Zalando in, in tech logistics and B2B connected network department. This domain is also highly related, highly connected to, to logistics. So Tino, being that long at Zalando, I guess you have a lot of background to tell us how the technology in the warehouse has developed in the last eight years. What changed? How did it all start? So when I started at Zalando, Zalando was at this moment in um, imp designing and implementing the second generation of the warehouse management system, which is called Salos at us. And this was the first time that Zalando created, fully created a warehouse management system by their own without a partner. This second generation was also um, necessary because we opened at this time the first warehouse fully constructed by Zalando themselves which had a lot of automation inside. So that means the first generation of the warehouse management system was not able to deal with this automation. And then there for the first time, um, our colleagues in the warehouses were able to pick an item, put it on a conveyor system, and then they were fully automated, routed, even partly sorted, also sorting machine in. And uh, then only the last step is again a manual step to put the items into a parcel. By the way, meanwhile, even this is automated. So there's a machine that's even able to wrap items fully automatically and build the parcel around the order. So, Tino, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And it's been very funny. But before we actually wrap up, do you actually have any last words to everyone who's listening? It's always important that you think in goals so that you listen and understand to your environment, to the people, to the customer, to your colleagues. And that you then uh, figure out what is your own goal, that you decide on this, and then just um, walk towards the goal. This is important. It's not important how big the steps are. It's only important that you have to go into this direction. Even if one of these steps is wrong, this should not demotivate. Uh, you should just try in the next step. This is quite important. Whenever the goal is decided, the focus is important. And um, it's important to not lose the focus again. 
Mr. Lebowski from the movie Big Lebowski heard something like, sometimes uh, you eat the bear and sometimes the bear is eating you. This is exactly how life works. <laughs> the best lines to end this episode. Tino, as I mentioned, it was really a pleasure having you here. Thank you for being my guest. And thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about careers at Zalando, go to jobs.zalando.de. Our next episode is coming in two weeks. And I'll be talking to another guest from Inside Zalando about life inside the fashion and tech retail industry. And of course, there are three pieces of me. In the meantime, visit our Instagram page, Inside Zalando, to know more about us. <laughs>